0: You're listening to a podcast from Victory. We exercise God's wisdom in every circumstance, reflecting His rulership. Learn more about this message in week one of our series, Foretold. Foretold is actually a um, a Holy Week or maybe a Lenten uh, series uh, leading to Holy Week and maybe the whole of April because it's a five-week series. Uh, particularly on the book of Isaiah. Not the entire book. Yeah, there's 66 six, six chapters of Isaiah. But we're looking at certain prophecies of uh, about Christ and how these prophecies were foretold. Uh, many of you are familiar with Isaiah. Uh, you normally read uh, some of the writings during Christmas. You know, uh, They use it on Christmas cards. Or for, for to us, a son is born, a child is given. And So, yeah, f- familiar uh, text. But uh, the, the prophet Isaiah prophesied about 800 years before the actual birth of Christ. And so it was during the time when uh, Israel was in rebellion and he was prophesying uh, about the house of uh, Israel, but at the same time foretelling uh, the coming Messiah, which is about, you know, seven 800 years from that time of prophecy. Now, how many of you would welcome any prophecy in your life that would happen about seven hundred years from the time that you receive that prophecy. Maybe not, right? Because uh, of course you're, you're hoping that the prophecy that you received uh, will happen in your in your lifetime. But this particular prophecy does not just affect Israel, but it will affect all of humanity. Um, you know, and so this the goal of this series is that. We hope that Christ's ultimate sacrifice in His resurrection, that we will have a greater understanding of that. Because uh, truth be told, your belief will always drive your behavior. How you believe in something, uh, whether the right belief or the wrong belief, normally that impacts or affects our behavior. Now, how many of you uh, believe that Jesus Christ died for all of our sins and that we are to receive that gift by faith, it's a free gift. Please raise your hand. I hope that's all of us because you know, if you believe otherwise, you know, because if it's a free gift, okay, uh, then you, you live a life of thanksgiving. However, the opposite can also be true because since it's a free gift, you might actually live on the other edge, which is a licentious living. Since it's free anyway, might as well just enjoy life because YOLO. You only have one life to live here on earth. And since God is a merciful God, He's gonna forgive me my sins anyway. Might as well just live life, be you know, eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow I die, and I'm going to heaven. But is that the right belief for this particular truth of God's word? Because if that is what drives you, then maybe you have misunderstood you know, the, the sacrifice and, you know, the, the, the life of Christ ultimately as a, an example for all of us to follow. And so as we reflect Christ uh, and the gospel, we hope that we'll be able to live out uh, the, the things and the doctrines that we actually have learned. And so this particular series, this five-week series, is actually a series on the doctrine of Christ, okay? So this is uh, Christology, It's a bit theological, but we'll have uh, you know, plenty of application, hopefully, uh, in our lives. And how many of you are familiar with, you know, what Jesus Christ did on the cross? I guess that's all of us, right? It's a very familiar topic and preaching. In fact, it's probably a repeat for some of you. Now, how many of you here are mothers? Please raise your hand. How many of you tell your kids something over and over again? It's kind of like that, okay? Uh, and the way you, you know, live life, it, it's nice, right? You know, whether you, know, you tell it to them because sometimes they don't get it. Or even, if they don't get, or even if they get it, it's a reminder of your love for them, right? So let's appreciate the mom uh, this afternoon, okay? Come on, give them a hand. No, really, okay? It's uh, two months. It's Mother's Day, so we're, we're going to celebrate that as well. <laughs> You know, there's something about the past that attracts each and every one of us. It's kind of deep in the human heart. A desire to repeat some experiences, you know, you try to reminisce the past. Maybe you've gone through a nice vacation and you want to look at the pictures. How many of you normally do that? You take all the digital photos and you don't normally develop them into like actual pictures or, you know, how do you call that, outs, but it just remains in your iPad, or computer. How many of you have like 30,000 pictures in your iPhone or in your Samsung? Okay, you don't develop. And what you do is sometimes you just go back to all the pictures and you try to reminisce. You try to remember, okay, "Ah, okay, we went here and, you know, enjoy this time. And it's nice. It's just nice to go back into memory lane. Whether it's your vacation in Boracay, whether it's a vacation in like, let's say, Tokyo, Uh, you know, you visited Tokyo Disneyland and you hardly, you know, understand everything that they're talking because they're speaking in Japanese. Or whether it's actually going to the streets of Thailand and eating nice spicy food. Or maybe walking the streets of Taiwan drinking milk tea. By the way, if you want milk tea, just go to Festival Mall, okay? Uh, There's a lot of options there. But you know, there was such a time when there was a perfect paradise. Uh, And we may have heard of that, but we may not have experienced that. A long, long time ago, and somehow the place is so far removed from the face of the earth, you call it the Garden of Eden. Perfect place uh, where, you know, somehow you can walk. There's no guilt. There's no shame. There's no sin. Uh, You know, Adam and Eve were walking, you know, naked, and they felt no... Shame, they were not embarrassed about things. There's no hostility, there's no offense against the neighbors because, right? Uh, And I'm assuming that maybe the animals were not eating one another, there's no such thing as a predator and a prey, but somehow there's total peace, there's harmony. And how many of you would like to somehow, or experience, not relive it because we haven't experienced it, but how many of you would like to experience that? Please raise your hand. You call that heaven, by the way. You call that paradise. And one day, you and I are going to experience that because of our new life in Christ. Come on now. We will go to heaven. How many of you are confident for the fact that you are going to heaven someday? Please raise your hand. Uh, What about the rest of you? That's all of us, right? I'm not going to ask you if you want to go to heaven now. Don't worry, okay? But someday we're all going to heaven and we're going to experience paradise. And it happened in the past. It's not existent today. But it will happen again in the future. Because of what Jesus Christ did on that cross. You know, Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and ascension into heaven really has not just impacted us personally, but it has impacted and will ultimately be fulfilled. You know, all of this will actually be, you know, when in the second coming, the entire cosmos, the entire world will be in order. He is the Prince of Peace. More than the peace that you and I experience in our hearts it's really the peace. This is the genuine world peace. And we're going to look at the scripture in a while. So well, let's look at the scripture right now. Okay. So if you have your Bibles, uh, please turn to Isaiah chapter 11. And we're going to read 11 verses. Uh, Isaiah chapter 11. Let's uh, open up our Bibles. And uh, we are reading from the English Standard Version. Uh, I think our, yeah, our ushers are standing by. If you need a Bible, would you kindly lift up your hand? so that you can open the pages and uh, read from the ESV. Or if you have a digital device, it's also uh, a nice technological breakthrough. Okay, you've got your Bible in your phones, all right? Let's all stand up right now. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 to 11. In fact, I'd like to invite everybody to to stand and read out loud, okay? Uh, All together. Ready? One, two... 3. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see, or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with the righteousness, he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with a rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fat and calf together, And the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra. And the wind child shall put his hand on the other's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples of him, shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. In that day the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time to recover the remnant that remains of his people from Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, and from the coastlands, of the sea. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for um, the preaching of your word this afternoon. We ask that you would give us uh, through your Holy Spirit, a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know you better. Thank you, Lord God, for the privilege of being called your sons and daughters because of what Jesus Christ did for us on that cross. Thank you for the picture of what is to come, that someday this world will be a perfect world to live in. We thank you, Lord God, that you'll bless everyone, Lord, and Lord, whatever it is that we're feeling today, unburden us so that you will remove every hindrance to receive from your Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name, we pray everybody say, amen. amen. You may all be seated. All right, foretold, you know, just the title alone, it talks about words of prophecy from uh, the prophet Isaiah. So the book of Isaiah is one of the most loved books in the Bible. Uh, 66 chapters. Uh, one of the major prophetic books uh, together with Jeremiah and uh, Daniel. This book contains facts regarding the background of Israel. And you know, as I said earlier, he prophesied about 700 years before Christ. He actually served uh, four kings and, uh, you know, uh, Nehemiah, uh, sorry, Nehemiah. Uh, uh, Jehoshaphat was, uh, was part of that. Uh, Ahaz was part of that, and so there were four uh, kings from uh, the southern kingdom that he actually served. But yet he also prophesied to the northern kingdom, and somehow some of the prophecies were judgment prophecies because of the rebellion of the whole nation of Israel. Yet what's amazing about this prophecies is somehow God also used the same prophet to prophesy hope. So there's a prophecy of judgment and there's a prophecy of hope. Judgment because of their, you know, just rebellion and sinfulness and being stiff-necked as a people. Do you know people who are stiff-necked? Hindi yun dahil natulog ng mali, ha? That's one of them. But but when you talk about being stiff-necked, You know, the Bible says a man who is stiff-necked after many rebukes and does not listen will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. Do you know people like that? Well, there's a proverb, but you know, proverbs are not like absolute law, but they're like guidelines for living. But yet we see that despite the fact that Israel was... In rebellion with God, you know, God loves them so much. He he blesses them because of His covenant towards them. There's nothing special about Israel except the fact that God just chose them. That's about it. God chose Israel. If you have a problem with that, you better ask God. I have no problem with that, Lord. Jesus was born a Jew, not a Filipino. Had he been alive today, he would have a Jewish passport. Why? It's a sovereignty of God. But despite the fact that, you know, know, there's only two categories, by the way, when you talk about Christianity. There's Jews and there's Gentiles. That's about it. How many of you are Gentiles? Please raise your hand. If you're a non-Jew, you're a Gentile, okay? No matter what color your passport is. And yet... Because of what Jesus Christ did on that cross, we have the same blessings that Abraham received from God because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. In the eyes of God nowadays, if you are a Christian, you are special. Look at the person beside you and tell that person you're special. You know, because your blessing, I believe, extends beyond the blessing of a Jew. Because you are blessed in Christ. Christ being the heir of God and we are co-heirs with Christ. Do you understand what that means? If you have a rich relative, for example, if you belong to the C-Clan, and we've heard of you know, the unfortunate event that Henry C. passed away about a month ago. You okay? C- can you imagine if you are part of that family and you are a co-heir, you are part of the, what, 20 top billionaires in the country just like that, just because of the association of your name and you're part of that family. Guess what? If you are in Christ, you are co-heirs with Him. Come on now. We are blessed with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms. The nature of our covenant with God is because of the lens that He sees in us through Jesus Christ. You may be a non-Jew, but yet the same blessing of a Jew remains in you. And this is how this prophecy went about. You know, the the Jews were rebelling against the Lord. And so Isaiah was prophesying judgment against uh, the Jews. And so it was almost like the line of David was cut off already because of the bad kings that the northern and the southern kingdom was producing. And somehow the patience of God, yes, God is a God of long-suffering. And when you say long-suffering... He suffers long. And He's so patient with us. And the reason why you and I are still here today is because of God's patience patience with us. Once again, look at the person beside you and tell that person, God's been patient with you. So straighten up, okay? <laughs> you know, He's been patient with us. He never gives up on us. Our, you know, our, our lusts, our impatience, our unforgiveness, our impurities, our pride, our arrogance, you know, God's been patient with us. And God actually, and I like the, the picture that Esther uh, you know, shared earlier, that God even smiles at you every time He provides for you. Even if sometimes you don't deserve it. They are children like that. They're disobeying, and then they're not, you know, they're dishonoring. But yet, somehow, you still provide for them. They still have breakfast. They still have lunch. They still have dinner. Right? Why is that? Do they deserve it? Maybe not. But why do you give it to them? Because you love them. And how much more love that God can give? The Bible says, First John chapter 3, God so lavish His love upon all of us that we are all His children. You know, God has such a big heart for, for us. So who is this wise king? I only have two points now, okay? Two long points. Anyway, so, you know, we've been talking about Christ through the lens of Isaiah. And if you look at the book of Isaiah, the book of Isaiah describes the Messiah in three portraits or three pictures. First 37 chapters, he's described as the king. Everyone say, The king. So we're going to look at the wise king today, okay? And then 38 chapters, 38 to uh, to 55, he is described as the servant or the suffering servant. And then chapters 56 to 66, he is described or the picture that he's portraying is an anointed conqueror. or He is the conquering king. Ever say conquering king. You have to pronounce it properly, okay? Conquering king, okay? It's not nice to listen to, right? So, conquering king. Use a little bit of slang when you say conquering king. okay? And so, chapters 56 to 66 describes Jesus as that. And so, the whole of Isaiah somehow points us to who Jesus is. And when you look at the Gospels... What's interesting is you see this 800-year-old prophecy before Christ and the actual life of Christ found in the gospel from Matthew to John, the four gospels, and there are two pertinent questions that we need to answer in order for us to understand who Jesus is. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 42, the first question is asked by Jesus himself towards the Pharisees. And this question is, What do you think about Christ? Whose son is he? This is so important for us to understand because if you just say he's the son of Joseph, the husband of Mary, then uh, you're right with half point. Because he's not just the son of Joseph. He is the son of God. And some people don't understand or reconcile the two realities. How can he be 100% man and 100% God. He's Jesus. He can do what he wants. But that's his very nature. He's not 50-50. He is a human being just like you and me. He feels pain. He feels loneliness. He felt hunger. And yet he was divine. Or he is divine, rather. He's resurrected. He's a second Uh, you know, uh, person in the Trinity. You know, Colossians talks about Him, that He is the, the firstborn of the universe. In Him, He holds all things. Without Him, nothing is made that was made. That's who Jesus is. And yet, He became the creation aside from Him being a creator. How can creator and creation exist in one um, element if I may use that word and the second question that we need to answer is what shall I do then with Jesus who is called the Christ this is actually Pontius Pilate asking the people he's claiming he's saying that he's the Christ the people are saying you know, some, some of the religious leaders are saying he's the Christ but he asked the crowd what shall I do then with Jesus who is called the Christ you know the response was crucify him that was the response because they didn't know who Jesus was If you were to be asked these two questions today, what do you think about Christ? Whose son is he? I hope you get the answer right because I just said it, right? But the second is as important as the first question. What shall I do then with Jesus who is called Christ? You know that he is Christ. We're celebrating Holy Week in a few weeks. What do you do to remember Holy Week, yeah, you know, maybe some of us, you know, booked already a vacation somewhere. As long as you remember Christ, okay? And maybe you say, oh, Pastor, I don't just remember Christ during Holy Week. I remember Him every day. Sure. But what do we do now that Jesus is called Christ? Kevin Connor said in his book, The Foundations of Christian Doctrine, what a man believes about Jesus Christ will determine how he relates to To Christ. As I said earlier, belief drives behavior. This will in turn determine that man's eternal destiny. Can you imagine? However you believe in Jesus will impact your eternal destination. That's how simple it is. We are faced with a lot of decision-making situations every single day. How many of you had to decide today what what color of clothes to wear this morning? Please raise your hand. Or what, you know, I don't even make a decision anymore. It's always black. (laughs) You know, we decide on what food to eat. We decide on what time to come. We decide on, you know, if I'm going to be early in church or, you know, just right or be late because, you know, whatever happens. So we are subjected to a lot of decision-making process every single day, but there's just one super important decision that you have to make in this lifetime. And that is who you're going to serve. Is it going to be yourself or the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible declares that Jesus Christ is eternal Son of God who is by His virgin birth, sinless humanity, vicarious death, burial, and resurrection made the perfect sacrifice for sin, thereby making redemption available to fallen man. Apart from who He is and what He has done, there is absolutely no way of approach to the Father God. There's only one way, and that is the way of Christ. Apart from Him, there's no other way to approach the Father. Is it too arrogant for Him to claim in John chapter 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. He didn't say, I am a way, or I am a truth, I am a life. In this day and age of universalism, you know, we say that, you know, there's so many ways to go to heaven. As long as you're good enough, as long as you're, you know, sincere, as long as you're this, you know, you can find a way. Because if God closes a door, He opens the window. It's something like that. Wrong application. But yet we know that because of His ultimate sacrifice, that is the thing that can actually qualify us to go to heaven. The doctrine of Christ is divided into two major divisions, the person of Christ, who he is, and also the work of Christ, what he has done. So who is this king, I said earlier? You know, we have actually been talking about the judgment of God. And in, in the last few verses of the chapter, before chapter 11 that we've read, it says in verse 33, chapter 10, Behold, the, land, uh, the Lord God of hosts will uh, lop the boughs with terrifying power, the great in height will be hewn down and the lofty will be brought low. He will cut down the thickets of the forest with an axe and Lebanon will fall by the majestic one. He's actually used a, you know, a foreign nation in the in the form of Assyria to discipline the nation of Israel. He allowed that in order for them to get right with him. But somehow they went overboard in their attacking israel so he also had to cut them down and so this picture of acts cutting down is also seen in the first verse of chapter 11 and we see that there shall come forth a shoot from the stump when you talk about a stump it's actually a tree that was just freshly cut down a stump of jesse and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit there shall come forth. It's a bold declaration. It's a prophetic word. You can bank on it. You can expect it to happen. It will definitely come to pass. It's sure to happen. A shoot from the stump of Jesse and a branch from his roots shall bear. This shoot is actually a, a little branch or a little twig that is existing or you know, something that comes out from what was cut off. Something like this. A tree that was cut is supposed to be lifeless already. But somehow, you know, this particular tree that describes Israel, I think it's a fig tree because fig trees are very resilient. You cut them down, they come back. You cut them down, they come back. Kind of like Israel, they have been dispersed many, many times. They have experienced exile in different nations. They have, you know, experienced several diaspora. And guess what? They always come back. Ang Why is that? Somehow God preserves them and ultimately when they became a nation again in 1948, after the horrific Holocaust, it's okay, just look here. After the horrific Holocaust, we know that this particular country is protected by God. No doubt about it. Why is God so passionate in protecting Israel the Arab nations are so angry and all their missiles are pointed towards Israel even until today but guess what the hand of God is above Israel am I pro Israel I am pro God but yet we know that he has a covenant with Israel if you look at his word in Genesis chapter 12 it's very simple Whoever blesses you will be blessed. Whoever curses you will be cursed. It did not come from Abraham, it came from the mouth of God. And when God speaks something, guess what? He will be faithful to fulfill what he has spoken. There's a reason why, despite the fact that they were rebellious before God, do they deserve it? No. But God always forgives because he made a commitment. Because he only had one plan. And he knew for a fact that Israel will be the runway for the second person of the Trinity to be born. From heaven, he's going to come down to earth. And guess what his nationality will be? Not Filipino. Jew. This is where we see Jesus being a dual citizen. Citizen of heaven. Citizen of earth. So that you and I can become dual citizens as well. A citizen of earth and a citizen of heaven. Come on up. Can we give the Lord a praise for that? (laughs) Ultimately, we see this as God's love, not only for the nation of Israel, but for the nations of the world. And through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. That was the plan. As simple as that, Genesis chapter 12. First three verses. And he fulfilled that plan. And no matter if this tree has been cut off, it's almost like inexistent. Yet there's a shoot, a small branch there at the bottom that can actually bear fruit. Who is this branch that represents Christ who is going to lead Second verse, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and understanding, uh, sorry, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of the Lord, sorry, Spirit of knowledge, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. How many spirits are there in the Trinity? One Holy Spirit. It's the Father. The Son and the Holy Spirit. Patandamin ito. There's only one major spirit, the Spirit of the Lord. It's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. talks about Yahweh. He is the Great I Am. He Jehovah. And the Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon Him. Who is the Him here? Jesus. Look at the person says, tell him. Jesus, okay? That's the hymn there. He is the one prophesied. He was being prophesied 800 years before he's actually born. And the Spirit of the Lord, and this actually was fulfilled in Isaiah chapter 61. Just take, take, notes on, take note of this. Uh, Isaiah 61 talks about the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. So you see that there, that is the Spirit of God moving in Christ. Apart from the Spirit of God moving in him, I believe that he will not be able to do what he's supposed to do. And the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is residing in each and every one of us. Somehow this Spirit is clumped with three pairs of manifestations of that same Spirit. Spirit of wisdom and understanding. How many of you need wisdom and understanding? Please raise your hand. We need that every day. Wisdom is applied knowledge. You know, there's so much information that you can actually access through Mr. Google. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. We don't lack knowledge nowadays. What people lack is wisdom. Hmm. Because they'd rather go for the wisdom of the world and tell themselves, I'm street smart. Street smartness is not real wisdom. It's the world's way of wisdom. And you actually... You know, the op- we better ask ourselves, am I a man of wisdom? Am I a woman of wisdom and understanding? Or am I a, a man or a woman of folly? Am I a woman or a man of ignorance? And, yeah, because we've got to mirror ourselves with Christ because He has the Spirit of God. And guess what? Now that you are in Christ, you have the Spirit of Christ as well. I can, I can interchange that as well. Spirit of Christ, Spirit of God, Spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the same spirit. How many of you have the Holy Spirit inside your heart? Please raise your hand. question is, do you have this spirit of wisdom and understanding? Do you practice deceit? Hmm. Would you rather go for the ways of the world rather than the ways of God? Next is the spirit of counsel. And might. When you talk about counsel, the question really for us is who do you listen to? Do you listen to the voice of God? Or do you listen to the voice of the world? Or maybe worse, do you listen to yourself? Iba yung, you're talking to yourself. Iba? But who do you listen to for counsel or advice? The reason why many times we make the wrong decisions is because we actually listen to the wrong people. There's an old adage that says, uh, Tell me who your friends are, and I'll tell you mine. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> tell me who your friends are, and I'll tell you where your direction will be. Because birds of the same feather are the same birds, okay? they flock together, they go in the same direction. But yet nowadays, maybe we can rephrase that question. Tell me who you're listening to. And I'll tell you where you're headed for. Are you listening to the wisdom of the world? Or are you listening to the wisdom of God? And how do you get, Pastor A, the wisdom of God? Simple Read the word. Read my Bible. Pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read my Bible, pray every day. And there's joy, joy, joy. You got to read your Bible every day. You got to hear the voice of God through this word. The thing is, many times we'd rather read our Facebook every day and read our posts every day or read whatever IG stories every day or the bad news every day if you fill your life and your heart with this word guess what you're going to be a man of wisdom and a man of understanding spirit of might in another translation is spirit of strength this can be interpreted as the spirit of Samson He became strong. He asked the Lord, give me strength one last time so that I can actually avenge for you. Or it can also talk about the strength of character. How many of you know that forgiveness is strength? How many of you know that humility is strength? The world will say, when you humble yourself, that's weakness. Guess what? Jesus said, the meek shall inherit the earth. I'd rather inherit the earth and be meek than be arrogant and proud and be rejected by God. Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Maybe another name for the fear of the Lord is the spirit of holiness. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord shuns evil. The fear of the Lord extends your life. The fear of the Lord is saying no to sin and yes to the purposes of God. Is there anything in your heart that is totally the opposite of the fear of God or the spirit of holiness? Is there any hidden sin there that you have not told anyone or even God himself? God knows. How many of you know that there's nothing that we can hide from God? He knows the heart of man. And if we have the Holy Spirit in us, and He dwells inside of us, we cannot have sin in our hearts as well at the same time. Are we here this afternoon? Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom, understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. It's interesting that in the book of Revelation, John was talking about this seven spirit. Revelation chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. John, he was addressing to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who, who was and who is to come. And from the seven, what? Spirits. Who are before His throne and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead. Meaning to say that He will no longer die, resurrected from the dead, and will live forevermore. And just like us, when we die someday, when we're resurrected, that's it. You will not experience death anymore. The ruler of kings on the earth, to Him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by what? By His blood. There's power in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Somehow we can actually just say, okay, this is the blood, okay. I mean, how can that blood forgive? He shed his blood for us, and his blood washes us as white as snow. You know, last November we all had, you know, as I think as the like a regular company routine, we all go through annual physical exams. And blood was drawn out from all the pastors and the staff and our, you know, our, you know, uh, family just to test, to test the blood. And, uh, you know, they tested us for, you know, whether it's creatinine and then uh, they tested us for uh, lipid profile and all the hematocrit and all the HDL, LDL, you know, triglycerides, And can you imagine if they drew the blood from Jesus, and they put it in the lab, and they started testing the triglyceride level, and the HDL, and the LDL, and the hematocrit, and also, you know what will happen there? Because, you know, he's he's got no ordinary blood. It will actually says, it will actually say Messiah Lord you know you know it will, it will probably go haywire because this is not an ordinary human blood. It's a powerful blood that they drew him out from. That's why when John saw him, this is the Lamb, the perfect Lamb who can take away the sins of the world. No other sacrifice can cleanse our sins as Jesus did. One sacrifice is more than enough. We don't have to repeat the sacrifice every year during Holy Week. Belief drives behavior. What Jesus Christ did in the past is more than enough. To to forgive you from your sins in the past, your sins today, and your sins in the future. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. God's blood is more than enough. It's powerful to forgive and to change us. He is a just king. In, in verse 3, it says, And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord, and he shall, not be, uh, he shall not judge by what his eyes see, or decide disputes by what his ears hear. You know, we long to have rulers and politicians that are just, right? That will not shut their eyes to injustice, but we'll actually move forward and be a just leader. We're praying for that. You know, this coming May election, we need to really study our candidates. As we went to the province the other week, we had a quick staff day out. We were in Batangas, and, you know, Lipa was just riddled with all these banners, you know. Just left and right, you see all the pictures of candidates. There's even actually an actual like, hologram of a candidate standing on, a, on a, you know, like a, a hill there. I said, I thought he was a real person. I said, wow, solid. It's like he was like there, you know, ever-present. I'm here. You know, that. But we're, we're longing to have candidates that are just. The stand, of course, and I know that this is hard to, to measure because that is the yardstick. That is a template of how people ought to rule and people ought to, you know, to, to provide justice and righteousness. Ed, uh, Ed Welch said this, The fear of man wields awesome power. Uh, the praise of others, that wisp of a breeze that lasts for a moment, can seem more glorious to us than the praise of God. We are more concerned about what people will say. Or, if I may use, yeah, Looking stupid. That's what he said. Then we are about actually acting sinfully, which is the fear of God. Sometimes our choice is we'd rather fear man than fear God. Because you don't want our reputation to be affected. But if we please man, then we're not pleasers of God. It's one or the other. Verse 4, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor, decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Now this is, you know, maybe some of you will be confused. Wow, he will kill the wicked. Well, that's a harsh king. No, this has not happened yet. This is going to happen in the second coming. When that time comes, he will separate the wheat from the chaff. He will separate the goats from the Sheep, and he will call in his righteous uh, ones and he will actually bring the others to punishment. He's also a king who restores. He's a wise king. He's a just king. And he is a king who restores. What a beautiful picture of this king that we're serving. In verse 6, we've read this earlier. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb and not eat it. And the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together. And the little child will lead them. Can you imagine? Nature, even nature will be transformed. Not only you and I are changed from glory to glory. You know, the Bible says, if anyone is in Christ, is a new creation, the old is gone and new has come. How many of you believe that you are a new creation already? Please raise your hand. We are all new creations if you are in Christ. But yet, sometimes you still act impatient. We're still the old us. What's new is our spirit, but our soul is being renewed day by day still. We are already new, but not yet. Completely new. We know that. But yet, not only us will be changed. The entire cosmos will be changed. The way things were in the garden will be totally restored. Can you imagine this? We've never seen this. Have you ever seen this? A little child will lead them. Now this next line is, you know, interesting. The cow and the bear shall graze. A bear will eat grass? Their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. A lion becoming vegetarian? Maybe someday you'll all become vegans. All we'll eat is vegan longganisa. Okay. The nursing child shall play over the whole of the cobra. You know, if you have a little child, all you have to say, every time you say, Don't touch the socket, don't touch the socket. How many of you said that to your little baby? We've said that thousands of times, maybe. But the picture in the future is, Don't go to the cobra, don't, you know, it will not happen anymore. Don't touch the cobra. It'll be totally safe. Because perfect peace, perfect harmony will be here. Jesus came not just to forgive our sins and so that we can all go to heaven, but he came here to restore everything else in the whole of the universe. What a beautiful and mighty king that we serve. Can we just give the Lord a hand this afternoon? I'd like to ask the music team to join me. I'm still preparing to close. It says, the nursing child shall play over the whole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the other's den. Snakes, snake pit. You play with snakes. You know, sometimes I go through some of the Facebook, you know, I still go through Facebook from time to time, okay? And I see like people holding snakes, playing with snakes. I said, wow. Isaiah chapter 11. Practice. But maybe they have the faith to do it. Verse 9, They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. The water is always, I mean, the sea is always covered with water. And that day will come when it will be undeniable that everybody will acknowledge the fear of God in the Lordship of Christ. This earth will be filled with the knowledge, with the love of God that day will come. There's no more violence. There's no offense. There's no fights. There's total harmony. You know, maybe there's a picture someday of, you know, the cobra, you know, or the lion sleeping with uh, Giraffe or the chimp, whatever. But I think that's also a picture of the church today. Did you know that God's calling us, no matter how different we are, there's still a possibility of unity in the midst of diversity? You and I can live in peace with one another. That's why the Apostle Paul said in Galatians, you know, in the church there's neither new, uh, Jew nor Greek, there's not male or female there's not rich or poor it doesn't matter which color of political party you represent you may actually represent the red color the blue color the yellow color the church is the equalizer it doesn't matter which school you came from sometimes you know you can go to a UAAP you know uh, basketball game and we all fight to the finish but yet, when they go to church, it doesn't matter what labels you are in or what you have. Because this is a picture of what is to come. It's supposed to bring us into acceptance with one another, forgiveness, unity, being patient with one another, bearing with one another in love. Romans 12, the Bible says, Let love be genuine. Don't repay evil for evil. Repay evil with good. That's a picture of the church. It's a picture of Christ. It's a picture of what is to come. But that it can happen today. Because the Spirit of God is with us. And Jesus Christ actually set the example for us to follow. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples of him, shall the nations inquire... And his resting place shall be glorious. How do we respond to this king? Just very quickly. We read the next chapter. It's interesting what Isaiah was prophesying. You will say in that day when all these things happen, I will give thanks to you, O God. How do we respond to Christ? I'll give thanks to you, O Lord. For though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. I hope that you and I will have the gratitude for the fact that God forgave us of our sins. Not because of what you've done. Not because you come to church. Not because you've given in the offering. Even if you haven't given in the offering a while ago, God still loves you. It's because of the perfect sacrifice of Christ on that cross. Behold God is my salvation I will trust I will not be afraid for the Lord God is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation These two verses basically summarize our response to God Give thanks everybody say give thanks Hulika <laughs> 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 man. <laughs> 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 Buti na lang ano pure na tayo right I give thanks. Ah, praise God. Akala ko, may mapapa. Ooh! Binanabas na ganun, ano? Kinabahan ako dun. Thank you, Lord. Nasa church pala tayo. Give thanks. Because He is a wise and just King and a King who restores, we can trust Him. Always. You can trust Him with your life. You can trust him with your decision-making process. You can trust Him with every detail of your being because He is a just God. He won't shortchange you. Lastly, no, two things. You can obey Him because you know, that, you know that if you trust someone, it's easy to obey that person. And then we can respond. The Bible says... I will not be afraid for the Lord, my God, my and my song. I can respond in praise and worship. Give thanks, trust, obey, worship, repeat. It's like a Spotify playlist. All you got to do every single day of your life is this things. Give thanks for whatever. Good times, bad times, give thanks. Trust, obey. Worship, repeat. Give thanks, trust, obey, worship. That's our life. Our King deserves it. He paid for our sins. One day we will live perfect lives in full harmony, total peace. Because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Amen. Let's all stand up right now. Let's give the Lord a hand.